1: Hey, it's the podcast guy. Sutton Talk Ton on Podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast. And there it is! Saturn United at the GM Boxhall Conference have put out first Division Coventry City, winners of the FA Cup themselves less than two years ago. And what a moment to enjoy for the fans of this surrey side. They've had their moments before, but never won like this. But the whistle goes down. New life for Sutton United. Sutton United and the National League are through to the last 16 of the FA Cup. No longer English football's perennial non-league club. A 123-year crescendo reaches a new peak for Sutton United, who are promoted to the Football League. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on Podcast, the Sutton Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me today is Claire Parrish from the Paul Allen Project, um, telling us all about what they do and why they started. It was intended to be a short piece just to drop into this uh, episode ahead of the Stockport game just to advertise the fact they're doing a collection. But she spoke so knowledgeably and so passionately about the subject that I just felt it had to really come out as a, as a separate episode. I really hope you enjoy it hope you learned something and inspires you to find out a little bit more you can find out more on their website which is Um, www.paulallenproject.org. um normally at this point i'm often telling you what you can do to support the show um, but if you are inspired to support anything this week please do inspire them and there's ways to do so on their page hopefully you enjoy it and here it is and joining me now is Claire Parish, the founder of the Paul Allen Project, who has kindly agreed to come and tell me more about what they do. Hi, Claire. How are you today?
0: Hi, Mike. I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, having me on and uh, helping people find out about what we're doing.
1: Um, you you say that like you weren't about to get a restraining order from the amount of messages I was sending, going, "Come on, come on, come on, come on." <laughs> <laughs> um, this isn't going to be a sort of a, a, a tin rattling piece, although to be brutally honest, it is going to be a tin rattling piece, and that's how I, I, I caught you. Um, but we're doing a collection on the Good Friday game um, against Dockport. Yes. Um, and I do feel that people just would be interested to know um, a little bit more about it because I will be honest, um, I saw things come up in relation to events you're doing at Sutton United, um, and it was only when I sort of looked and saw the website I was like hang on I know this story Mm. um and it's just gonna hit home for a lot of people um so I just wanted to kind of go actually this is what we do this is why we do it and this is what we want people to 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 do in the future um but can you tell me a little bit more about the, the project and um why you started it for anyone who doesn't know the story
0: yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I'll just start off by saying everything's on our website. So if um if anybody wants to have a look, our website is org, and Alan is A-L-A-N. Um Paul Allen, Paul Allen Parish was my lovely dad. Um dad was a Fulham supporter and um went to his first game at seven years old so he supported fulham for 63 years i always say that if you cut us open we bleed white blood because um being a fulham supporter is it, it runs in the family it's just as hereditary as as you know our short little parish legs and uh <laughs> and um so it was just a normal normal day normal match day like thousands of sports fans all around the world would know whether they support you know a baseball team a football team whatever it is you know um so it was just a normal match day January 29th 2022 we went into the match as normal uh dad was running a tiny tinsy bit late which was the only not normal thing because he was always there early but the traffic um going over Putney Bridge and Wandsworth Bridge over to Fulham that day was just for some reason just horrendous um anyway dad was a little bit late and he didn't like being late for football so um he came in he was oh the traffic was awful and you know I said oh never mind you're here now you know that sort of thing um, he took his seat, which is two seats away from me. Um, my daughter and my cousin's daughter sit be- sat between dad and myself. And um, Alexandra Mitrovic scored his twenty eighth goal of the season in about the third minute. I think it was. Um, so we just finished, you know, dancing along and singing and shouting after he scored against Blackpool. And um, as as he sat down he just tapped my cousin uh, Vicky on the shoulder who sits in front of him and he said, I don't feel very well. Um, and that was it. That's a cardiac arrest. One minute you're dancing and jumping up and down to um, <laughs> to Mitro's on fire and and, and the next, your, your heart has literally just stopped. And that is the hard and cruel facts of a cardiac arrest. Um, and it was terrifying. It was the scariest thing that I've ever been through in my life um and one of the reasons it was so scary was because I didn't know what to do or how to help my dad's I didn't know what was happening I didn't even go there I didn't think cardiac arrest we initially thought dad had fainted we thought he'd just passed out he was a bit hot and bothered because he'd been rushing to the game and he was always rushing about my dad he was the fittest, healthiest man. And I cannot stress that enough. My my nan, bless her heart, she's, she's 89. She's still with us. And, and she always said, even before dad passed, she always said he's, he never even had a cold in his life. All his siblings had measles and all of that when they were kids. Dad never caught anything. He never even had a cold in his life. He used to... Have the germs and spread them to everyone else, <laughs> but he never used to get ill himself. He really was the fittest, healthiest man. And if you look on my website and you will see you see pictures of him, he didn't look like a sixty-nine-year-old man. He was turning seventy the month after he, it was his it was going to be his seventieth birthday on the twenty-eighth of February, and we were planning actually what to do. We were going to get a corporate box um, for 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 one of the games in February, and we were just planning that with Fulham. And yeah, so. I always say dad never, never wanted to get old. He obviously looked at 70 years old and he, he wanted to stay a big kid forever. That's what I think. Cause he was, he was so much fun. He was, he was such a big kid. He was just the loveliest man, a proper dad. That's why I always say about my dad, he was hmm. a proper dad. He looked after everyone. He still, I, I always say, he still looked, you know, looked at, at me like I it's like 18 or something you know he'd, he'd tell me that I needed to wear a coat because it was cold today I was like dad I've, I've got 14 year old daughter and I had to look after myself <laughs> and my child you know but that you know it's because he cared and he, he was he was he was the best dad in the world and I miss him so much and the reason why I've I've set this project up is because um I don't want people to go through what we've been through. I don't want people to witness someone, not necessarily they love, it could be a stranger on the street, but I don't want anybody to to witness someone having a cardiac arrest and not knowing what to do. Because I always say that a cardiac arrest is a really scary thing. It's always going to be a terrifying thing, but not knowing what to do or how to help someone makes that a million times scarier. and after dad passed i mean we had a lot of help we were obviously at the game so there was the on pitch medics um there was the off pitch medics there were two wonderful off-duty police officers and an intensive care doctor in the stands to dad's rescue so they actually did get his heart beating faintly um in the ground and just bless him uh, just outside the ground out um literally outside the turnstile that he'd walked in 45 minutes earlier he had a second cardiac arrest and and that was that was fatal um but I take comfort in the fact that I was with dad the whole time so he was never alone um telling my mum the man that she'd loved for 50 years that her husband had died was the worst thing in the world um and I wouldn't wish that on anyone um it's yeah, it's it's just you know, I, I go back to it and you can hear the quiver in my voice because it's it's upsetting and you know it's um that's the reason why I I set up dad's project because I don't want anyone to feel the way I do. I don't want a family to go through what we went through because it's horrible. And if we can raise awareness of what a cardiac arrest is, if we can put more public access defibrillators in our community. So God forbid, if someone does have a cardiac arrest, there is a defibrillator, you know, within a hundred meters, you know, not, not 10 minutes down the road when it's too late. Um, that's what we want to do. So that's why I've set up the Paul Allen project. And a lot of what I've done over the last year is educate myself about what a cardiac arrest is and I don't mind saying I didn't know what a cardiac arrest was I I, I, I'm not ashamed of that I'm not ashamed to say I didn't I knew what a defibrillator was but I didn't really know when you'd use one I've just heard of them I've just seen them I've never sort of you know you'd walk past one and not blink an eye now I we actually uh walked to um Fulham football club from from Sutton United on the 11th of February and um I actually counted two on a nearly nine mile walk through some of the busiest towns in in this part of of London I counted two one in Wimbledon one in Putney that's not good enough that's absolutely not good enough the, these these life-saving pieces of kit need to be everywhere they need to be every 100 to 200 meters um and the reason i say this is because i've educated myself and i know that for every minute somebody's in cardiac arrest they lose 10 percent chance of survival so if you think that god forbid and i use the collingwood wreck besides Sutton united as as a discussion point here because it's where everybody will be familiar God forbid, if somebody had a cardiac arrest, perhaps at the start of the park near the the Collingwood Road End, um, they're a good five minutes away from a defibrillator, if they're quick, if they're a flipping fast runner. But not everyone is. Not everyone. And, you know, some people have mobility issues. What then, you know? Um, We need them everywhere because they save lives. And um, I was... Speaking to somebody recently about this and I said you know sometimes I feel like people don't get it they don't understand and she said to me Claire people won't understand until it's their loved one that needs one of these devices that's the only time unfortunately some people will understand and you know what I always say is we all have a heart we all have a risk you know it's one thing we all have in common we all have this <laughs> organ inside us that, exactly, that, yeah. that that we need you know we can't live without it and it, it people think like I did it's not going to happen to me or my family I absolutely thought that Mike I mm. never thought I'd be a, you know this type you know th- this this in 2023 talking about cardiac arrest and why we need defibrillators and why people need to um learn basic life-saving skills i never thought i'd be in this position talking about this but i am because it happened to me and my family and there's nothing extraordinary about us we're just a normal family you know um my dad he wasn't um someone who drank um alcohol he didn't smoke he didn't he was and healthy. He had a good BMI. Um, you know, he, he didn't eat junk food. He was he was the healthiest man you could meet. And what I always say, Mike, is if it can happen to my dad, it can happen to anyone. And it doesn't just happen to males. It doesn't just happen to people over fifty. I know um, a lady who's eighteen year old perfectly healthy son died of a cardiac arrest he wasn't drinking he wasn't smoking he wasn't doing drugs he was just watching fireworks on new year's eve with his friends his his blood was completely clear from drugs alcohol everything and he his heart just had an unexpected electrical fault and mm-hmm. that was it that was it and I think for me it's understanding what a cardiac arrest is and a lot of people use the words heart attack and cardiac arrest interchangeably and it's really important that people know if they don't learn anything else know that a cardiac arrest is very different to a heart attack someone who's having a heart attack will be conscious someone who's having a cardiac arrest will be unconscious you will not be able to speak to them And that's really important to recognize that if you don't, if you switch off now and don't listen to anything else I say, if you don't go onto our website, know the signs. If someone falls unexpectedly unconscious, then they are most likely in cardiac arrest. You need to phone 999. You need to start CPR and you need to go and get a defibrillator hopefully someone's with you and they can run and get a defibrillator when you phone 999 they will tell you your location the location of your nearest defibrillator Um, but again it might not be very close and this is why we're fundraising for public access defibrillators Um, to be put up in in the local community first in Sutton and then grow that to outside because basically what we want, I've been talking to Sutton Council and what I've said to them is I want the London Borough of Sutton to be the showcase that every community in the country say, look what they're doing here, look what can be achieved, let's do that, let's make our community heart safe like Sutton is. And now I'm going to stop for breath.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just going from a list of questions, Claire. I'm like, hang on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. As, no, you're no. absolutely perfect. <laughs> absolutely perfect. Um, so on a practical side, obviously you mentioned you, you you're a mum. Mums, mums has got superpowers and they know everything, Yeah. Um, which is what um, happens in my family. If something's happened, ask mum. Um, so at that moment obviously you're you're like whoa hang on I don't know what's going on what's going on from from there to setting up this charity what was the the sort of process and why did you decide to say I'm not just going to have a a voice saying this should happen I'm actually going to get and do something about this and what how's it evolved since your first sort of um ideas about it
0: Mike thanks that's a really great question and I'll be really honest with you when After dad passed, I looked at um, basic life saving and first aid courses that I might want to attend. As a single parent and money being tight, as it is for a lot of people right now, I was actually quite appalled with the cost of basic life saving skills and first aid training. They were way out of my budget. and. It made me cross. I'll be honest with you. It made me cross because I felt like because I didn't have a disposable income, I can't I can't afford to learn how to save someone's life. And for me, that's just ludicrous that if you don't have a spare £150 in your bank account, that you cannot learn how to save someone's life. To me, it should be something that is given as a gift everybody should learn these skills everybody should learn and um, that's what drove me forward that's what made me think hang on a minute we can do something here I can do something here so I set up the Paul Allen project for that reason because I want everybody to know how to spot the signs of a cardiac arrest and know what to do if they do witness someone in cardiac arrest. I want to take the the fear out of it and empower people with the confidence. I know how to do CPR. Yes, it's scary. It's always gonna be scary. Of course, it's always going to be scary. And I've spoken to cardiac surgeons, I've spoken to doctors, I've spoken to so many medical professionals about this. And they say, you know what, Claire, even in a hospital setting a cardiac arrest is a frantic and crazy and chaotic and scary thing it's always going to be scary but if you know what to do there is some fear taken away from that Mm. but not knowing what to do and not being able to help believe me trust me as the person that was there not knowing how to help my dad that is way scarier and now forever I have to live with the fact that I didn't know how to help my dad. And that breaks my heart.
1: So you mentioned the training. Um, yes. And I've, I've seen on the website that we are offering a basic training for a pound a person. Yes. Now, obviously, that's not going to be, oh, I want to do it next, tu- next week, Tuesday. That's when I'm free. We've got to have a certain number of people. Um, but w- what's involved in that basic training? Have, have you put on sessions already? Or is it still in the pipeline and what are they gonna be covering, really?
0: Yeah, so we've, um, we're have we all certified now to provide basic life-saving skills training to the public. Um, at first, we're going to train um, groups of six. We've taken the decision to train groups of six because what we want to do is train people really well. So it's not about um, profit, it's a pound per person. If someone says, you know what, I don't have a pound, come and learn for free. You know, I want, I would rather someone learn and know what to do than not know what to do. I don't want the pounds being someone's barrier to not learning. You come and you come for free and you do it with us. We're doing it in groups of six because we really want to show people properly how to learn chest compressions, how to perform those properly, how to deal with this this situation in a calm away as you possibly can how to um familiarize yourself with a defibrillator defibrillators are scary they give like a shock you know they're scary Mm. um and I completely acknowledge that but it's about taking some of the fear away and saying you know what I left school Mike at 16 with five GCSEs I'm not a You know brain box i'm not someone who's going to be a brain surgeon but i can perform cpr i can use a defibrillator i can save someone's life and that's what i want to show people rewind uh what 15 months didn't have a clue Mm. absolutely no clue whatsoever now 15 months forward look at Claire she's not just knowing how to perform CPR she's teaching people how to perform CPR so our training courses they go through like I say we're all fully certified with the resuscitation council UK so you can go and look on their website and check them out as well if you want to suss us out a bit more um so our course will go through initially obviously um the, the signs of cardiac arrest, how to know somebody's in cardiac arrest, what to do. And that's as simple as, first of all, calling 999, obviously assessing the situation and making sure you are safe as, as the, you know, as the lifesaver. Um, because obviously in any emergency, you have to make sure you are safe first. Um, Then we go through um, ensuring that we know if someone's in cardiac arrest. So we go through that, how to know that someone's unconscious. Then we go through the step of chest compressions. Now, what I've said, because people have said to me, well, how long does this course take? And I've said, as long as you need it to. So, Mike, if you struggled with the compressions to breaths and you were like you know what Claire I'm just not getting this it could take you three hours that's fine Mm -hmm. I will stay with you for three hours until you've nailed it okay and that's what I'm saying to people it's not an hour and a half right out the door there you go it is you're gonna stay here with us and learn this until you're confident until your Mm -hmm. arms hurt from doing chest compressions (laughs) whatever it is you know
1: um
0: and it's it's you know, we're really nice people, we're really friendly, we're non-judgmental. I've um, got a couple of doctors in our training team, which I'm really, really fortunate about. We've got three medical professionals, and we've got um, three non-medical professionals, myself being one. Um, We're all really lovely, we're all really friendly, and we're here just to take our time with everybody and show them what to do. You can sign up on our page, um, Mm that is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not as uh, simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
0: many you know, more doors. The show is
1: called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
0: It's, um, so it's the Project.org, and then on our home bar, if you just go to the training page, and the training sessions will be up as I currently speak they're not up but they will be by the time you're listening to me talk (laughs) and uh, yeah you'll just sign up um they'll be at Sutton United to start with and hopefully venture out over through the community um across the course of this year but uh primarily the lovely people at Sutton United have lent us their um one of their their spaces for free to to offer this training which is just wonderful and I absolutely can't thank Sutton United enough for for their support that they've given our project so far they've been absolutely wonderful
1: yeah I mean that's that's to be fair how I kind of came across you the various things I think it was a quiz night you did a little while ago was the first one yes um and then I looked at your events page, and it is, there's a lot of Sutton stuff on there um, at the moment.
0: Um, there right. is, so
1: yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, so we mentioned uh, defibrillators. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to say it. um installed in parks and grassroots and sort of everywhere, really. Yeah. Um, so most of us would have only ever seen defibs on TV, on mm-hmm. casualty or whatever, shouting yes. clear. Clear yeah. and put a charge through. So you're quite right. They are very scary machines. Yes. Um. So, but what what are the challenges getting them out there? I mean, there's there's things I would sort of obviously. I'm very pessimistic. I'd be like, but well, hang on. If there's going to be one of them on the high street outside of McDonald's, mm. um, is it going to get vandalised? Absolutely. Um, so where how do we decide where they're going to go and Mm. where they're needed and so on
0: yeah well mike you've kind of hit the nail on the head with that because um this is one of the things sutton council have said to me and you know quite rightly it is a concern of course it is i mean they're fully insured so whichever ones um wherever they go they will be fully insured and i'll be honest with you mike we don't live in a society where we can trust that people won't vandalize them or try to steal them we know that and i'd be so daft and naive if i thought otherwise but what i say to that is it's far more dangerous to not have a defibrillator near you than it is to have one and risk it being vandalized and i suppose my naivety maybe if you like people watching this will be like that girl needs a head checked is um I think it comes down to education and what I think is if we you know if we can go into schools which there's no reason why we can't and go into scout groups and actually you know what just the skateboard park in about the back of Sutton United and go hey guys look there's one here don't be absolute morons about it come and learn what it is about come and Here's my mannequin. We're gonna do a few compressions now, and you're gonna learn what to do. Because these guys who may or may not vandalise defibs, they don't generally know what they're for. I think, Um, and I think once they know that what they're for, they're more likely to be like, "No, we're not going to be that moronic." That's what I hope. Now, people listening are probably like, "That lady is 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 mad. She's got rocks in her head," but. I'll just use the example of the mural that's on the skate park in Sutton at the back of Sutton United of those beautiful boys that were sadly killed in the fire. No one has touched that. That has not had a drop of graffiti on it. So, as much as people want to say that, you know, whatever they want to say about Sutton and the young people of Sutton, that hasn't been touched. And I think there is a level of respect. People, Know what, where not to go, you know? We're not yeah. going to go there. And I'm hoping that will be the same with the defibrillators that people are going to be like, actually, we know what these are for now. Yeah, this could means. save my mum's life, my dad's life, my uncle's life. We're not going to, you know, be yeah. idiots here. That's what I'm hoping. Oh,
1: well, I mean, <laughs> you've got a 14 year old, I've got an 18 year old. Yeah. And despite the fact that we are undoubtedly cringe, um, they are brilliant. I. I Whenever you sort of see them or get involved in a conversation with, mm. with with the kids, it's like, oh my god, can can the world just hurry up and let this lot be in charge because we yeah. we've screwed everything up. This lot, they know what they're doing. Um, so I, I think getting into schools would be amazing because I like you, I left school with not an awful lot of life experience. Yeah. it's like, well, why couldn't they just take an hour of week to teach us? stuff that we need to know totally. um so th- things like that would, would be really really useful um little and the, the, the five-year-olds they're learning sign language at school as, yes. as perfectly normal so it's like well, why can't they learn first aid as well yeah um i know this is beyond first aid but um it's only five. um so uh, have have we i know it's only a, a newish foundation mm. and whatnot but mm. have we seen any impacts from the project's work so far or is it too early
0: right so we only became incorporated in november so at the moment what we've been doing is fundraising however i have a meeting with the council next week whereby we are discussing um the first public access defibrillators position um so hopefully by the time this goes out we will have it up and I really, really fought hard with my heart and my head as to where the first one should go. Obviously, it's in Dad's name. It's in my lovely Dad's name. And um, I felt that maybe it should go somewhere that's more poignant to Dad's. And then I thought, you know what, and this is what I always say, we couldn't help Dad, but we can help others. And I just live the other side of Gander Green Lane um myself and my daughter walk through Collingwood Park every day um to get to where we need to be. And um I thought, you know what? This is the place, this is where we're crying out for a defibrillator. Yeah. Um so Sutton Council have said you can have your defibrillator in Collingwood Park which I'm absolutely delighted about. And I'm just hoping that by the time this goes out, Mike, that there's going to be a nice, yellow, shiny, bright, glowing box (laughs) in Collingwood Park to hopefully be able to save a life if, God forbid, someone ever has a cardiac arrest within the surrounding area of Collingwood Park. Um, So I am excited about it. And like I say, I hope that no one ever has to use it but i, I, I was it
1: there <laughs> yeah i was just thinking this this is one of those things that we, we want to spend a lot of money on to have it completely wasted for want of a, a better expression so yes no one ever ever needs but yes um it's 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 there um so you've, you've covered this uh, already a little bit um but um it is very very important so the signs of a cardiac arrest that people mm. should be aware of um mm. what 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 kind of things should we be looking for um, when someone's having a cardiac arrest?
0: Literally just somebody going suddenly unconscious. So where we thought that dad had fainted, um, usually if someone's fainted, they are able to be roused within, you know, a few seconds. It's a very, very quick thing. Um, so it's if somebody falls suddenly unconscious, you shake them you shake them by the shoulders or perhaps pinch their ear and you shout, you shout, Mm. are you okay? Or whatever it is. If they're a Fulham fan, shout Chelsea at them, whatever it is. (laughs) Don't do that. Um, (laughs) But um, basically you're trying to see if this person is conscious. If they're not conscious, if they're not responding to you, when you shake their shoulders, when you're shouting at them in their ear, then you know they're unconscious. You immediately dial 999. You immediately tell the 999 operator that somebody has fallen suddenly unconscious. You think they're in cardiac arrest. Obviously, they will send an ambulance. They will locate the nearest defibrillator for you. If you are on your own, you will just be spoken through how to do compressions if you don't know. And the 999 operator actually counts you in so Mm -hmm. they will give you the count i know there's a lot of things about singing staying alive and all this um but the 999 operator will count you to do your compressions as they want them you to do them um currently it's it's um 30 compressions to two breaths um so they will tell you that they will talk all of this through with you over the phone Mm -hmm. if you're with someone then that person runs and gets the defibrillator. But the most important thing is to stay with the person and perform the chest compressions while somebody gets the defibrillator. If there is nobody, then it's just compressions, compressions, compressions until the ambulance comes. But as we know, there are some horrendous ambulance waiting times, which is why the basic life-saving skills training is so much more important now when... It's, you know, sometimes you're hearing about our waiting times plus um, for an ambulance. So, you know, it's really important that we empower ourselves with this knowledge.
1: Absolutely. So, a couple of um, things. So, you're given your magic wand and yep. you can complete the entire aims of the Paul Allen project and um, say, right, that's it, we're done, we're closing it down. What would that look like if you could just complete everything?
0: Well, I I have to say, first of all, and I I hate saying it because um, I was always brought up not to talk about money. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. It was quite an unfavorable thing in my house. We can't do this without funds. We can't do this without money. So that's the first thing. So it would be that we have had lots and lots of money come in. And we have spent all the money on public access defibrillators and these public access defibrillators are 100 to 200 metres apart within our community and every community in the UK. The other thing is that every single person on the street, whether they're five or 95 years old, they know how to recognise the signs of cardiac arrest and they know how to perform CPR and use a defibrillator that is that is what we wish and you know you're, you're right in asking me that because a charity any charity any charitable organization's aims are actually to not exist because they've done the job so that's an yeah. absolutely super question that <laughs> is it, that is it we will not exist because everybody knows how to save a life and everybody knows that their nearest Dfib is literally two minutes away. If that.
1: Perfect. And I think we've already hinted at this earlier on, but we're it. Um, in the absence of the magic wand, which I can't give you, what is the one thing you would like people to, to do to help? What is the one thing that someone sitting, listening to this can go, right, I'm gonna do this?
0: Um, can I choose two things? Cause I'm greedy.
1: Right. Do you know what? Can I just can, can I just say the follow up question to this was, let's be greedy. What's another thing?
0: Oh, amazing. <laughs> okay. That's I me. actually used
1: the same wording as well.
0: <laughs> it's because I'm so impatient. I always That's jump fine. to the next thing. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's me to a T. Um, right. Honestly, you're like a mind reader. Mike. I love it. Um, so the absolutely first thing is learn come to us learn come to one of our basic life-saving skills sessions and i've had people before that have said to me oh i went on a first aid course in 1999 or so did i but that didn't help me you know i i i went on a first aid course 10 years ago that 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 doesn't help you need to refresh yourself refresh yourself with us for a pound if you don't have the pound come to us anyway we'll train you for free come and learn from us we are wonderful that's the first thing the second thing is unfortunately again i hate to say it but it's money because these defibrillators cost um around 1500 pounds the defib itself is 750 and the external cabinet that they're housed in is about the same again. Now, the reason you need an external cabinet is because in cold temperatures, the cabinets need to be protected and um, the Dfibs need to be protected. The heated cabinets protect them because you've got the gel pads on the DfiB and you've got obviously the battery in the DfiB. If they get too cold, they will not work. There's no point in having defibrillators in the community if they do not work. So we need money. Um, And that's the two things. Now, what I've done is we're actually rather bonkersly, that's a new word for you. um, We are walking from Fulham to Blackpool um, in at the end of May, beginning of June. And we've got a sponsorship page up at the moment. I've chosen to do it on my website rather than GoFundMe because GoFundMe and those such websites only let people donate £5 as a minimum. But Mm -hmm. £5 is an awful lot of money. So if you go on my website and go to the Blackpool, um, the Fulham to Blackpool walk, um, you can donate a penny if you want. You can donate 10p. Um, And I've done it that way on purpose because I don't want people to think, oh, I can't donate because I can't afford £5. If all you can donate is 2p or 1p or 10p, please donate it. Because if I always say if everybody who was at Fulham the day that Dad passed, we had, I don't know, 20,000 fans there. If every one of those people gave us a pound we would be able to fund so many defibrillators. And mm-hmm. I'll say it now, you know, if everyone listening here, your, was it 5 million listeners you get? <laughs>
1: yeah, right? yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if all your 5 million listeners gave us even 10p, I didn't have maths GCSE when I left school. I don't know how much that is. Oh, me, but me. There you go. It's, you know, we would be yeah. able to fund so much, so much. And, um, that, that's why we've done it that way. So just donate what you can. We've also got a bucket collection on the Good Friday game.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, they're bright pink buckets. You cannot miss them. I'm also very loud, so you're not going <laughs> to uh, We're going to be there. We're going to be shaking our buckets, making lots of noise, telling everybody all about our project, all about our training and how we want everyone through the doors to be trained. And if all you can give is a penny, then please give your penny.
1: Will you have a little um, tapping machine as well? Because the problem is, yes, we've we've lots of these things now. So many people, um, we're like the Queen. We well, not the Queen anymore, but we don't carry cash. Yeah. Um, and every time someone puts a bucket in front of me, I'm like, I've literally got nothing no. <laughs> in my yeah. pocket. I'm um, the so, Yeah, have yeah. one of the little tappy things. And yeah, then, uh,
0: we uh, definitely eat. will. We definitely yeah. will
1: there was another one I saw on the fundraising page, which again might might interest people. I don't I don't know. Um, you you said um, I'm going to read the wording because um, I've got, otherwise I'll mess it up. So you said about the potentially doing things for for people, and if people wanted to do a um, particular event, so I think you yeah. said like half marathon, skydives, anything like that. Mm. You'll you'll be able to pay the registration fee. Um, mm. In return for um, a minimum amount of fundraising, or three hundred. Yes, which actually, in fairness, is actually quite low compared to some of the things I've seen. Because yes, um, so yeah. So if anyone's kind of thinking, well, actually, I want to do a little bit more and, and rattle a tin on your behalf, um, then have a, have a little look at that. And um, that's again on the website, which is thepaulallanproject.org, and then it's the support us bit as well um so make sure you, you have a little look there as we've mentioned a couple times the um teams are going to come around on the good friday match um but is there any other ways people can get involved to to, to help um i mean I, money is a big one and i know from the way you're saying it you're very very conscious of people's um disposable income Absolutely. um but um yes the fact is it will help people and the more people that know because one of my fears would be yeah if this happens I would just freeze. and I I wouldn't know what to do. Mm. But I'm thinking if there's four or five people who know what to do Mm. between you, someone's going to go, well, hang on, you've got to do this. And then it's going to kick everyone into into gear. So um, is there any other ways people can can help and support? Um, Don't worry about sounding mercenary. I'm extremely mercenary. So if it is just money, then um, it is just money. Uh, But is there anything else people can do to help as well?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's loads of things. There really is. It's um, yeah, absolutely. Money is a big one. Absolutely. I'm not going to shy away from it too much. We can't afford to put defibrillators where they're needed unless we have the money to buy them and to fit them. The other thing is, I would love to hear from an, an electrician. If there's an electrician out there who can install the defibrillators for us, hopefully for free, If not for a very favourable price, that would be amazing because we need more electric installation gurus, let's call them. (laughs) Um, The other thing is, you know what, and I say this all the time, it takes one second to hit the retweet, hit the repost, hit the reshare button on social media. It takes a couple of minutes to say to your mates down the pub or down your local snooker club or wherever that you are have you heard about this project let's have a look at this just talk about it retweet what we're doing I I never understand you've got me on my soapbox now I'm like I never <laughs> understand how people don't retweet stuff you know I think this is this could save your life this could save someone else's life why is this getting six likes and some I don't know crazy person on youtube talking absolute nonsense is getting a million likes because he said he ate a banana for breakfast you know i don't get it i will never yeah. understand it i'm probably yeah. showing my age now Mike. No,
1: be. you know it is it is some weird things with algorithms and the way they change it and they they put things up but um i'm not saying this for me and i wouldn't do that to everyone um but if you do follow the um the twitter page of claire um and i'm just going to get it up again um oh that's a nice easy one to remember it is at paul allen project um on there and on any one there's a little um bell sign so you can get notifications so if you tick that when someone tweets you get a little notification about it so then you can just chuck it in there and say right we um, i'm going to retweet this i don't think it lets you auto retweet things but um, you can always just get a notification about it um so tell everyone to put the notifications on so we've got to do this what the kids do yeah, that, <laughs> get notifications yeah. up. I'm told I don't know what the kids do, um, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, thank you so much for your time. Um, I have taken up way more than I said I would. Um, and I, I, I'm gonna half apologize, but it was really, really good to talk to you. Um, I feel I know so much more now. Um, and hopefully, we'll get some good collections going. Um, there's lots of support, as I said, there's a lot of something centric stuff there as well, so there's no real excuses um and just check out the the website um www.paulallenproject.org or as i say on twitter at paul allen project um i will give you the last word claire stay on the soapbox say whatever you want you're free the floor is yours
0: <laughs> well i need to say thank you mike of course first to you i really appreciate your time and again sutton united and everyone there who's been so supportive so far come and join us you know if you think I want to help. I want to get involved. We've got a contact page on our website. WhatsApp me, email me, phone me, whatever you think that you might want to get involved with. Even if you think, you know what, I want to um, do a bake sale at my work for the Paul Allen Project, come and talk to me about it. I'm a very friendly person and I like talking to people. So message me, chat to us. Maybe you want to become a trainer and train people with us. That's fine. Come and talk to me. Let's see what, what you can do, what, what you can do with us. And I'd be glad to speak to anybody and everybody who who just wants to help and, and feels that this is as important as I think it is. So yes, just just come and come and have a chat with me.
1: Perfect. Thank you very much for your time. Take care and we'll see you soon.
0: Thanks, Mike. UNIT! 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 UNIT!